Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Welcome to episode number 74 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, I'd like to say happy Pride Month. I'm sorry there's no gathering this year. Secondly, happy Black Lives Matter support. And thirdly, I hope you're enjoying the relaxing of the isolation rules, but still taking them seriously. This week, I'm taking you to meet a very entrepreneurial artist. Within just a couple of months, he was generating a good income from his artwork. As his confidence grew, he then went on to create his own art fair with an art sales website as an offshoot of that. Anyway, the artist this week is Roy Tyson. He goes by the artist's name, Roy's People. His art fair is called Roy's Art Fair. His gallery is called Roy's Art Gallery. So, come with me and let me introduce you to Roy's podcast. We were talking about um, the VR show earlier. Do you think there's something like that that the Roy's Art Fair could do? Yeah, I reckon it's kind of interesting because I think everyone's just been thrust into sort of how do you how do you get online and how do you do it well and like there's been there's been a few good little snippets of like online stuff where you think that's really good and then there's other bits where you think no no it's not going to work like that and we're kind of like as an art fair we're looking at it now I think think every every art fair every event is looking at it right now aren't they thinking how can you take all these little bits different parts of you know the way everyone's doing stuff to make it make a decent online online show and or just keep visible doing something yeah. other than instagram yeah it's all just stuff isn't it <laughs> yes yeah, yeah but you've got to your visibility you to has been it. lost physically so you've got to try yeah. and get it digitally exactly i think what what the challenge is is that uh social element of um taking something the physical presence of a show and taking it online and you think about when someone walks into an art fair at the moment, you you walk in and you, you're at your own leisure. You If you decide who you do and don't want to talk to, um, if you walk up to a piece of an art, piece of artwork or something, you kind of have that little bit of time anyway that an artist might say hello or they might be chatting to someone already. Yeah doesn't mean they have to jump into that conversation straight away and there's elements of that that i think like online at the moment it's not it it can't it it doesn't allow for that so with with like with like the art show if you're having a chat with someone but then all of a sudden three more people come in the room it's if you imagine being at an art fair you don't as an artist you don't see those three people and then put your arm around them and say come on guys get in my conversation yeah 
It just doesn't work like that, does it? No, you might no, acknowledge but you them. do have to adjust, don't you? Because I know that when I exactly. was in a room, I was talking to one person and someone else popped up into the or onto my screen and it's not like a normal conversation. I, I felt like I should introduce people, so I did. I stopped the conversation I was having and said, oh, hello, Roy, um, this is Julie who I'm speaking to. She does this, and then introduce them, and then we continue having a chat. It's a weird old format, but it's, it's, it's a different format, so you have to run with it, don't you? Yeah, and I think that's something that will just evolve. And I don't think that will particularly work for everyone at the moment. Or it, it may work, but it's going to take a long time yeah. until that becomes socially acceptable way yeah. of like interacting with each other. Well, so, at the top of the scale, you had an art fair, a physical art fair. At the bottom of the scale, you've got people's Instagram, and mm. the 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 one on Zoom, uh, these digital art fairs, they're obviously just a a link in between the two, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, and it's a great. It's great that it's kind of bridging the gap already. Yeah. And there's a few... Well, there's... Actually, I've seen loads of events now that that are trying to get... Use all different ideas to bring their event online. And I think it's just kind of... It's going to develop so much. And what will be interesting is to see what the big boys do. So, for me, it's like... What would Freeze Art Fair do if they had to do a fully... You know, if they, I know they did it for their New York show, yeah. but they're going to want to up that again. That's not, that's not the way they want their no. fair to be run. But if they did say, if they said, right, you know, next year, that's the only way you can do it. You can guarantee they will go away and they'll come back with something absolutely bang on that will get, yeah, yeah that will get people thinking that's the way to do it. You know, so. Because they'll they'll look at everything out there, they they might have the the money to be able to um, afford different software, you know we're we're all using like Zoom and these these online virtual things which are fairly affordable pieces of software, um, but can you imagine going to the next level, where you could have a software made for you, um, and that's where I think the the real big events will will go to to kind of bridge that gap even more to make it a, a real experience. But to be online. fair, it's like that in the physical world anyway, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, they've they've got their that freeze that do things a hell of a lot different to Roy's art fair, don't they? Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. So you only go with the, the limitations that you've got. Because I'm sure that if you had another... 60 70 grand to be able to throw into one of your events you'd have some jugglers and <laughs> oh absolutely we'd have it all we'd have the whole works it'd be great but I, I mean for me it's like we're looking at it we've got an event in october um and at the moment it's all heading in the right direction yeah um however if we get to september and we're in the same position that we was in in like february or early march and we're at a position where Oh, this could potentially be cancelled um, because let's say coronavirus kicks off again and uh, all of a sudden then you've got to you don't want to be playing catch up so you yeah. kind of you want to you almost want to be getting a plan in place to have the best online representation of your show um, but then 
I don't know, it's just kind of looking at everyone, isn't it? Looking at everyone and seeing what you can do and how best to use all these bits of software. Yeah. Um, like with the VR platform, like I think it's got a brilliant foundation. Um, like what, what they've built there, the idea is, is cool. You know, I really like the idea that it's, yeah, artists are, you know, can do it from their studio. I think that's great. Um, but then there's loads of little elements to it that could be built on to make it like, oh, wow, you know, this is yeah. really good. And that's kind of, that's the challenge for the art first. Like, if, if we're going to do that, you need to you need to do it really good, really well. And actually, you mentioned Instagram. I think Instagram's kind of getting overlooked a little bit. I think, I think shows can be done via Instagram. Um because that is where uh, a lot of a lot of the art industry is getting all their uh, following, you know, their interaction with their followers and all that. It's really easy. It's really accessible. Um, I I don't know. There's I think there's elements of that that could be put into this sort of online digital world that we're kind of exploring now. I don't know exactly how at the moment. I just know that there's parts of element, parts of Instagram Live, uh, well, like Live, for example, and now they've got these rooms, haven't they? Yeah, which is yeah a, they've just brought those out. Which is pretty much the same as a Zoom room, except for you can get into it just by requesting to be in it. Yeah. Um, so actually, it's a bit like those sort of things, you know, really could be explored. Um but I don't know, you know, it's quite, no one's got the answers at the moment. Have no. And everyone's going to do it differently. But I know the, the first person I heard that was looking at doing something like um, a, well, a digital art fair was Ryan Stanier when um, he mentioned about the other art fair. That was right, uh, because he, he was the first person that I knew was, was, was there one before yours at the, at the shutdown? Uh, the other art fair. Yeah. Yeah, they had Cause, one... Because the affordable art fair just got week. in by the, their fingertips, didn't they? Just as it was yes, locking down. Right. And then I think it was the other art fair, and then use, we used the week after. So we were... Uh, I can't remember when the other art fair was. I know that the other art fair cancelled uh, within a week of their event. Yeah, and that yeah. must have hurt being that close. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. Because I know, you know Brian, Brian mentioned that he was going to do something digital, and then I was yeah. speaking to Will Ramsey last week. Um, we were speaking about this for, I don't know, about 20 minutes or so. He was saying that the other art fair, globally, is looking at doing something digitally. Mm. Um, and yeah, even um, the, um, the art car boot fair, Mm. which is a very interactive and I, I know they're all interactive but you know the, the other art fair is a bit more of a party atmosphere um even they're looking at doing something digital while I was speaking to Karen just the other day yeah I think it's it will happen it will definitely happen and I think the I think uh, businesses like uh the affordable art fair if they go into this digital uh event I'm hoping that they will just do something, and I'm pretty sure they will because I think they do events fantastically. Yeah. Um, and I'm 
pretty sure if they're going to go into it, they're going to go into it, you know, so well. Yeah. And they're going to come out with something that's not just, not just you know, dreamt up overnight and then bang, yeah, we're doing it. Make it it's, an event worth going to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously they've got a worldwide audience and they've built up that, their reputation. Um, but it's, uh, I'd be, I'd, I'd be, I'm looking forward to seeing the bigger events yeah. and how they do it. Um, how they move forward because it's gonna ha- it's got to happen essentially, isn't it? It's got to happen to to most events. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're looking at doing one in October. So it's just around about the first week of October, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's, so. It's the eighth to the eleventh. Um, so first, second week of October, uh, freeze week, and at the moment, everything is planned. Every th- every event that I can see that was scheduled for freeze week is on um which is really interesting because even we're looking at we were chatting the other day well actually not even the other day all the time it seems to never go away but you're now always thinking okay we're going to have an event in october undoubtedly that is not going to be an event like you would have had no last year like you may as well just being black and white about it you're not going to have as many exhibitors because you need, you're probably going to have to space people out a little bit more than, than you did uh, because of the, the distancing. Um, and you are going to get people that, that don't want to go, um, that don't want to go to a physical yeah. event. So even for that, so if, let's say our event goes ahead, we're going to have half the amount of artists and let's say we get half the amount of exhibitors, uh, visitors, how do we then make that show online during the event? That's what that's the bit that I'm interested in because yeah. like we need to virtualise that event whilst it's happening. Not just plan for it to not go ahead. That's a and good then, idea. Yeah, so we like we wanna we need to bring the live event to people sat at home. Which is, you know, something that's it gets done all the time anyway. Yeah. You know, you look at all sports, they're all live events that yeah. are, allow for people to watch at home. So now it's like, right, how can we do that well? Because if we can have an event, which at the moment, touch wood, it's all looking like it's it's going in the right direction, yeah. that, that, that by October we'll be able to have events. Well, they're already um, talking about the social distance going down from two metres to one metre soon. Mm. So that that's going to make things a bit easier. Um, it's it, what is it? Yeah. It's sort of four months away from um, the time we're speaking at the moment. Um, yeah, and I, I think that when you look at it like that, in four months, you look at what's happened in three months. Yeah, yeah. it's been huge, hasn't it? I mean, even just today, um, so it's the twelfth of June, and they're saying that the uh, GDP dropped by twenty percent in April. Yeah. That's absolutely huge. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, to the economy. And you think all of this is happening in three months. So what could happen in four months? Um and even I was speaking to the venue last week and uh they said to me, um, at the moment, if you're looking at um the two meter social distance, that means you can only have the venue roughly about a third of the capacity that 
it should be. Um, but then if you drop it down back to one metre, you're pretty much not far off of full capacity from the way they work out their capacities already. Yeah. So... Will will you have to have more distance between the stall holders as well? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, Actually, what what our focus is kind of turning to is we want to put an, an event on that is seen as, you know, a very safe event to go to, safe for... The exhibitors, the staff, the visitors. You kind of want to put something on that's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're taking this really seriously. Um, I feel safe going to that event. Yeah. So things like, things like you know, distance between exhibitors, undoubtedly, um, which is not such a big problem in a way because you can have, if you've got, you've got artists with bigger stands, it's, it's fine regardless of if you've got two four meter stands next to each other there's quite a lot of space there that that they've got yeah um the interesting thing will be uh like if they want one-way systems um one way in one way out of the venue time slots for visitors um if there's got to be face masks um that's you know that could be compulsory um hand sanitising, cleaning, all these little things that will be, you're going to have to do really well. Yeah. And that's going to take up, obviously, a lot of organising. But, you know, we've got four months. So even shops, shops are open on the 15th. We're the same. We are basically the same thing. We are one big shop for the weekend. So now we're, we can see what the retail industry does for the next couple of months. Yeah. And how that develops, and kind of feed off of, of what that looks like into what we do. Um, Is it the applications open for artists at the moment? Yeah, yeah, applications have been open since uh, February actually, when we booked the venue. Um, so if there's any artists that want to apply, if you just jump over to roysartfair.com, there is. Um, the apply page where we've got we've actually got our next two events because we've got October and then we've got March um, which was actually the one that we cancelled so we had to cancel an event at the start of April we postponed that until the start of March next year um, so when's applications open until sorry we actually run them up we run them right up until it's full we don't we don't have a deadline as such and I think given it's such a unusual time it's so uncertain it's been hard for artists to plan so far in advance you know with what they're going to do so we just kind we always kind of just leave it we leave it open all the time and we select artists on a rolling basis that doesn't mean to say that we select artists just as they apply it just means that every week to two weeks we'll take all the applications that are there and then we'll select our select the artist that we're going to offer a space to um, at that time. And uh, yeah, it's been a really, really strange time as it goes actually for applications. We were when we announced the show in October, it was it was um, it was actually quite amazing to see all of these applications flooding in for the October show. 
um, because we were sort of going bigger, we had more spaces, we had bigger spaces, and because of that, that everything was sort of looking really positive, and all of a sudden, lockdown came in, and everything just stopped, literally everything stopped, and actually, it was a really difficult time to be, to be completely honest, and, uh, but it stopped, you know, applications stopped coming in, um, no one was, no one was committing to October, uh, which, you know, fair play to, to all the exhibitors and, and artists, it's, you know, really uncertain time, and I can only imagine that that is a knock-on, you know, it's not just a reflection on our event, I can only imagine it's a reflection on all events, um, at the end of the day, if you, you ask, asking people to spend a lot of money, when there's uncertain times and all that, um, but strangely, in the last, I'd say, six weeks, it's all picking back up again. Yeah, um, people, people are getting a bit more confident with being social again, aren't they? We've had, yeah. we've had sort of 10, 12 weeks of being, most of us at, at least, anyway, being isolated. Um, and then being asked to go back out into the community again and socialise with people is quite different. Like, I was in London for the first time yesterday... I'd normally go into London maybe once a week or something. I haven't been up there for for twelve weeks, and even going up there yesterday, it, it was it was like a ghost town. Um, and and this is at, at Westminster, you know. And yeah, even I was a little bit nervous for being up there. You know, it's, it's a strange old feeling out there. But then again, once people start doing it more often, it builds confidence. Um, you're already seeing socially that people are getting a little bit lax with the. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of forgetting that there's something out there because they're all outside again. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that, that by October, or you'd like to think by October, um, we've all got used to being um, social together again. With yeah. That distance. Let's hope so, eh? Because I think, as you say, it's confidence. And, like, even when we go, we go into town, and we only live in a small town, but you're kind of... Every time you're going out, you're building that little bit more confidence that, oh, I can go out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just going to walk out the door and catch coronavirus. But it's um, uh, it's a mad old time, isn't it? And I think, I think everyone's just praying, aren't they, that this doesn't come around again? Yeah. You know, right? Because we're out of lockdown, and then oh, who knows? No one's got the answers, have they? But it's um I hope to think I like to think that in four months time, you know, confidence will be back up and uh and we'll be back to normal. But once I think maybe once like shops come up get open on Monday. So restaurants and pubs and that are supposed to yeah. be from the fourth of July, I believe. You know, it's all just gonna take time, isn't it? But And other than Roy's art fair, how's Roy's people doing? in lockdown yeah really good actually uh what's been refreshing for me is just actually not having much organizing to do and up it's i've been making yeah and it's given me actually a complete sort of new lease of life in in the creative sense because i've just well i mean initially when all this came about it's like right i want to make something and i'm sitting there thinking i don't know what to make i haven't got a clue what to make but i just need to make something so I I always make something that I've made before. Um, if I want to make it 
if I just want to ease myself into it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll take an old installation, make that, um, maybe just change it slightly with some new little ideas I've had. And then that will sort of kick off. Um, that'll get me, get it going and, and get things moving. Um, but it's been brilliant, to be fair. The, I, I'm shocked by the response. Good. Um, by my following that I've just... Because, I mean, I was at a position before this. I'm at a position where I've not really made anything for art galleries or to sell, really, for probably a year, year and a half. Wow. Every, everything I've been making has always, always been based around marketing campaigns. Yeah. Um, and even that, the last one of them was July for um, the Italian restaurant Zizi. Oh, yeah. Um, that's really like great little project. I, I don't know if you're going to hear the. We're getting the army helicopters here. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that kind of that almost stopped last year. But I still didn't really make stuff. I, I was yeah. just sort of I'm just so engrossed by the art fair and organising, and it was going so well. So I'm like, and every event we do is just growing and growing. It just takes more organising. Um, so this kind of just kind of put me back on track, I guess. Yeah. Oh, let, let me, let me just look on it. We always get we always get these two two army helicopters and a Chinook fly yeah. over, and they're really low, really loud. You've got loads of them up there anyway, haven't you? At the, yeah. You're at the, the Essex Suffolk border, aren't you, more or less? Yeah, just just over the border. They're like an Suffolk. RAF base up there, don't they? Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> when, we, when we moved up here, and they start flying, like, oh, that is excellent. I love it. But yeah, no, so it, it, with the art, it just, i I just been making, you know, for, I don't know how long I've been in lockdown now. It feels too bloody long. I don't know about you, but um, for three months, I've just been making and selling and yeah, nice. taking commissions. And it's been brilliant, amazing to uh it kind of just completely restored my confidence in my own art uh, and stuff i was making so yeah yeah it's been really good you've i see that you've been doing stuff that's quite different to what you normally do it's it's almost looks like graffiti the work you're doing is it printing on glass i've only seen like you you might have an angel with a a heart around it Oh, that's actually a collaboration. Oh, was it? Oh, sorry, I wasn't aware. I, no, I no. saw you post something. Yeah, that's a collaboration with uh, with one of my friends, basically. He's, he's called DS. Oh, um, sorry. If you haven't heard of DS, check him out. He's amazing. He's a stencil artist. Um, originally street and graffiti, and he's just kind of honed his sort of... Uh, his stencil process, and... Um, we've kind of been talking about collaboration for years yeah. and we, we knew that there would, there would be some way of doing it. And then he actually released a series that was, uh, by his own admittance, based on one of my earlier series. Yeah. Um, that he then thought we could collaborate here. I've made this, people are liking them. Uh, I think we could have some miniature figures. Um, so we did a little series of four installations um, as a collaboration and uh, yeah it's kind of it, even that sort of thing it pushes you out of your comfort zone yeah. opens your eyes to 
something that someone else is doing um and then you kind of like you're both just pushing something aren't you you've yeah, made yeah. something and the knock-on effect of all of that can be that someone that's following ds will now follow me yeah, or, or yeah, can brilliant. explore me and, and and vice versa so yeah that kind of thing that's come out of lockdown um I've made new series, two new series, really. And then I've just gone back to all my old stuff and explored how to evolve all of that. Um, all these little things have just all come around, really, from from this, from yeah, the lockdown. It's just give artists and, and well, everyone, really, uh, and making them think in a different way altogether, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I've se- I don't know about you, I've seen a lot of artists changing their work a little bit yeah um or sometimes a lot you know going in a completely different direction because a lot of art is made on how artists are feeling and yeah what their like their thoughts and i love the idea that um someone can just i i love artists that and actually to be fair it's complete opposite to me i have my style it's like miniature figures this is what you're getting you know, you're not. I'm not gonna just turn to doing abstract landscapes. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I love artists that can, that just are completely multidisciplinary, uh, and will just turn their hand to everything. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you see more of that, more artists exploring in different ways, and yeah, that's been. Uh, I think it's been. Well, a when really... you think about it, the, the the series on the last, the last twelve weeks, we've had covid where we've all had to stay in and keep away from everyone and then during that we've had the black lives matter movement and it's saying come out and have solidarity outside rather than solidarity inside and it's it's two massive big uh, moments happening to our psyche you know um mm. and and artists obviously react to as you say to, to what's happening around them and there's two massive big things at the moment together I know it's it's unprecedented, really, isn't it? The whole um, e- everything we're going through, isn't it? But it's definitely reflecting on the art world, mostly in a mostly in a positive way, because I think a lot of artists um, use their own voice, don't they, yeah, through their yeah. through artwork. So we're seeing art come out of their own thoughts about what's going on in the world. Uh, no, it's a it's a really interesting time, isn't it, for for all that. And uh, have you done? Have you created any artworks that are based on the the Black Lives Matter? Because of my background um, and the uh, like, what my artwork's based on anyway. Quite easy for me to adjust my work, and I don't put um, text over my work generally, but. To be able to make something for that's related to Black Lives Matters, I was just putting text over uh, outstanding, outstanding artwork. I was putting, <laughs> I was putting text over uh, my current artwork, and it just become relevant straight away anyway. Gotcha. Because because of the subject matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The um, I, I, what I'm finding interesting is like what I was saying about artists. Uh, you know, reflecting on this, I actually feel like I am, 
I've made a couple of artworks over the years based around that theme. I've lit, I've got one here, um, a Black Lives Matter one. I reckon I made f- oh, five years ago. When was the last major riot? I, I can't remember when it was. I, it wasn't long ago, was it? No, I'm thinking 17, but I may well be wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember making that. Oh, I think you're right, actually. Because um, I made that just after I... I was away travelling and um, but now I kind of feel like so I've got it I've got this bit of artwork which is which is Black Lives Matter um, but now I don't <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of not educated enough on the whole movement and the whole backstory and what actual people have what people have actually gone through to yeah. actually feel confident to say this is my statement well if you don't mind me just butting in there it's give you the confidence to sit up and fucking say that do you know what I mean I, I've watched so many things now I've I, well I know like when it when all this kicked off all of a sudden all the online uh, streaming platforms like you know Netflix and yeah. Amazon all of a sudden you know, we're putting all these documentaries about, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and slavery. And now I, I genuinely think to myself, do you know what? You don't know enough about this. Yeah, good. So there's a lot of people out there that will just go, yeah, I'll do this and uh, I'll do this. But now I kind of think, do you know what? I'll probably hold back on the artwork as such about making stuff even though I have made a couple of pieces over the time but I think understanding it is 100% what everyone needs to do and like it's shocking when you when yeah. you when you look into what's happened it's just unbelievable but it's then keeping it going isn't it and yeah I think for me it's like if you're going to make a statement and I'd say nine out of ten of my works are not political. No. I don't. I don't make political uh, political artworks. I try not to anyway because I think it just it it sparks something. And then if if, if you're going to make something political, you've got to really understand what you stand yeah. for and what you're actually trying to say. Um, whereas this, I'm kind of like a position where oh, I don't know. I don't understand. I know right and wrong. I know. I know that people are people and, you know, it should not matter the, the colour of someone's skin. Um, but how, relaying that in a, into an artwork, I think there's got to be something that, to for, for me to feel confident about, you just got to understand it. Yeah, but You've then it, it, it would, if you was to put something out that you're, you know, you're obviously feeling something emotional inside you at the moment, even even if it's confusion. There's nothing wrong with putting an artwork out that even relays that, that makes other people, you know, like ourselves, who who haven't been around it um, and don't know as much as they should do, it will make people take the attitude that you've just mentioned there and possibly go and seek something out, you know. I'm a bit more aware of most um, about judicial systems around the world because of my background, but then even with this Black Lives Matter, and I thought I knew a lot about the... Um, the American system um, and then I was advised a little while ago to watch uh, 13th I don't know if you've seen it yeah yeah saw that and fucking hell I knew nothing yeah. I knew fuck all I knew 
the major key points. That's all I knew. I knew nothing about the fucking links that, that, that tied them together, you know? That, that's the crux of it. You know, I knew the, the outcomes of the situation. I didn't know what the situation was below that and what caused it, you know? And, um, yeah, what a fucking eye-opener. God, really, it was, wasn't it? I, I, I watched that. And I, I think I, I'm enjoying watching all these things, all these documentaries. At the same time, you can't, you can't help but watch them and think, ah. Oh, Blimey, that's shocking. Yeah. Like, just to know how awful, you know, what what awful things happened. But I was saying um, to someone else that, um, looking at the American situation, um, we had similar, on, on a much less scale, but in, in the fucking 80s, 70s, 80s, when I was growing up, it was very similar to that then. You know, we'd have police pulling up and just fucking nicking people off the street. I, had, I was telling my kids this just the other day. We were sitting there, all right, we was being a pain in the arse and throwing stones through a broken window. But one minute, like, we're sitting on a fucking wall. Next minute, I thought my mate fell off of the wall, which was about six feet high. I thought he fell off because I see his legs come backwards. And just as I'm looking around to see where he landed, I've got pulled off the wall. We both got put in a fucking van. And there was, like, I don't know, maybe four, five, six policemen... Uh, like SPG it was called at the time they just put us in the back of, back of the van shout and hollering us give us a few fucking slaps and then kick us out the motor like three miles away from where they left us oh, wow. there was nothing that happened just because we was being you know a bit of a pain in the arse yeah and if and we I, that's one that I can remember and there may have been two or three other instances when I was growing up but to have that on a near fucking daily basis you know it it's something quite amazing, isn't it? And we've moved on from that, from from the oh, it's been fucking forty, fifty years later, but we've moved away from that. We're not perfect, but oh wow, I mean, it's uh, it's scary. Like even myself and my wife, we're like, I wouldn't want to live in America. No, I wouldn't want to get caught doing something wrong. Oh, oh, or... if, if you're white and got a few quid, you're all right, I suppose. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> But um, oh. yeah, that, that's that's about maybe a you know a, oh. a very small percentage of the population. Oh, it is a scary, uh, scary looking place right now. Uh, no, I, I think it's just just understanding. Got to keep understanding. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about um, you've brought an old project um, out from the shadows, as it were. Are you able to do that with any other projects? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a few series that I've created over the years where you just think, oh, I could bring that to life again. Yeah. You, I, I, always, I, I always try to kind of look at what's trendy in a way. Uh, but yeah, I think that's just almost making... It's almost a link to pop art, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at... And everything moves on so quickly, doesn't it? But even... Um, even I created a whole series of superheroes. Um, this was probably six years ago, and I was, and this was when, you know, DC and Marvel was really kicking off. It was really trendy. All yeah. the movies were huge, and uh, it's not so much now, is it? It's kind of, it's kind of peaked, and it's once they've realised, oh, we can't tell the same story anymore, and so I stopped. Obviously, stopped doing all them. 
But then you also think, well, how can I take that same concept and turn it into something that's relevant now? Yeah. This is the first one I've done. I've just looked at, I've been taking a few notes while we're talking. I have seven questions I ask each artist. I've not even fucking, I've forgot all about those. Oh, come on in, let's do the questions. I don't, I, 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 mean, like, I know a couple. So this, this is the first time that I'm ever going to be asking these questions in this formulated manner. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. I've never done it before. How would you explain your work to someone that didn't know you? Um, I'd say, have you ever seen The Borrowers? And they go, That's yeah, exactly say, just like that. Explain it. <laughs> That's exactly how I explained it. <laughs> so just like that. Just like that, but still. Um, when was your first interest in art? Well, I was interested in art at school as a kid. Um, but then I wasn't interested in art after school. Yeah. And then I was interested in art when I started playing around taking photos of miniature figures which was in 2012 so how did that start how did that come about uh, that came about randomly just by um, taking uh, pictures on my iPhone uh, of a model train track um, so I, I came across this model train track and it was just just like you know I think we all take photos randomly anyway you just take pictures of everything yeah, just days, see you? what comes out and it's like I was just, I was intrigued. I, I'd never seen this before, uh, but these little miniature figures standing on a platform waiting for a train that's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, and then when I started taking pictures of, on my phone, um, I realised that you could kind of get the phone down to the eye level of, of these little people. And I was just drawn to that kind of, that the image that was created out of me yeah. taking that photo. Um, and that, yes, yeah, so that was 2012. And... So I wouldn't say it kind of drew me to art. It just drew me to creating. Um, and then the, that concept, the figures, that drew me to art. You know, yeah. to, to like, right, how can I make something out of this? Um, which obviously ended up into lots of different things. There's obviously quite a few steps along the way. But that was like, yep, yeah, this, is, this has got my interest. Obviously, it was just photography at the time. Um, and then it was like, how can I make something? So, <laughs> um, When did you first realise that you wanted to be an artist? Um, I think it was probably... Whilst I, whilst I started creating, it was quite a short time. It was only about three months. And then I had my first show at, a, uh, at an art gallery. Um, called uh, Curious Duke Gallery. I yeah, think brilliant. I think you come. Yeah. yeah, they were they were on the first London gallery. It was the reaction of people from that show that made me think, oh, I want to do this. Like the energy and the buzz yeah, and yeah. and then of, and then also I was fortunate enough that people were buying my artwork, and I think it's then that kind of made me think, ah, oh, this is great. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm enjoying this industry. I'm enjoying the people. I'm making something and people are liking it. So carry on. But that was definitely the time when I was thinking, yeah, you know, this is, this is where I want to be. Things moved quite rapidly from there, didn't they? 
Yeah, it really did. Really did. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's quite rare that that happens to an artist. They sort of hit the floor running. And I've I've spoke to a few artists on this podcast that that has happened to. And, mm. you know, it's it's obviously the norm to them, but it's it's a fucking... It's, it's nothing like reality to anyone else, you know? Yeah, I know. And I've made so many friends out of... Um, out of this, uh, just coming into the art world, and everyone's like, "Oh man, how how is she killing it so quickly?" And I, and ever since it's kind of not gone away. Although selling artwork and all that has kind of slowed down, yeah, because I've moved on to doing other other things and other responsibilities. But I don't know. I think sometimes you just kind of get get a little bit fortunate that. It was just right place, right time, and yeah. and then it's keeping it up. <laughs> well, That's, what piece that you've created have you got the strongest emotional connection uh, with? I, I, w- I wouldn't say there's one particularly one image or or installation. What, what that image I think, of yours is is the most popular? Well, the one that is most popular, and I I, I kind of push around everywhere because I realise okay if that's the image you if you works, want to share it, then it works, great yeah. is the little one with uh, the there's a uh, a couple standing under an, a green um, bottle top umbrella yeah. yeah um and actually that was taken um I took that in Bergen in Norway uh, I was over there for a solo show um a, a Norwegian gallery very kindly approached me and said we'd love to do a, a little show for you over here it's like great yeah oh okay yeah okay when is it i think i had about two months um but they were like we'll pay for your flights um we'll pay for your hotel uh could you come over here for a couple of nights um and make something for us so like, yeah absolutely this was like actually when was this maybe maybe 2013 nice um yeah so to me it was like wow you know right go for it and uh the little figures in the bottle top are actually part of a bigger image um okay. that i shot on the street and it was just a cropped out part of it and when i started showing that people were like oh that, i love that so i made a limited edition print of it um which again i released with curious Duke gallery at the time yeah. um at the affordable art fair and they just Literally, I think we sold we sold fifty in a weekend, which was absolutely like I'd never never experienced yeah. anything. I've I've never experienced anything like that since either. <laughs> you know, if anyone wants to sell fifty of my works in a weekend, then brilliant. Crap but on. yeah, yeah, exactly. And she was like, Lenny was fantastic at at selling. So since then, it's like if I'm getting shared on on Instagram or anything like, it's always that image. Yeah, that, does, that, that is the one that I think of when when your name pops up, you know. Yeah, so now, personally, I just use it everywhere. Just... And why not? Where do you go to relax, Roy? Um, that's a good question, actually. Do you know what? I find, um, I find DIY quite relaxing. But only in a yeah. DIY that's, like, monotonous. You know, the, in a DIY where you haven't got to think. Yeah. Like, you yeah. might be painting a wall... Or, um, some that like, could come under the meditation umbrella, yeah. couldn't it? Really, yeah, it kind it's of doesn't allow that, you don't that need to think no, too much. 
Yeah, for and your mind. it's not many, not many times, is there, where you could just go, right, I'm just going to go and do that because it needs to be done, you know, and it's not going to get me anywhere, really, but it's going to make me stop for 10, 15 yeah. minutes. No, there's nothing, that, nothing wrong with that at all. I was it's a power nap for your brain, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't do that to relax every day. <laughs> <laughs> Standing out there, it's two degrees, watering the grass. If there was you, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Um, do you know what? Um, oh wow! I heard you ask this, and and do you know what, right? William Turner has always been one of those artists that I've always think oh, he's fascinating. Like, I'm fascinated. That's not a bad I'm fascinated one, by. I read a book book about him a few years ago, and I never did. Uh, I never did like art history or anything like that. So I, I can't. Um, I can't pretend to know the ins and outs of all these old artists' lives. But it fascinated me in in sort of the way he went about his artwork and he's very entrepreneurial in his approach to the art world what i liked about it was i think it's i've got a kind of a similar um approach to it but you can see it everywhere now you can see it amongst the art world everyone's making stuff that they want to they want to get out there to the masses anyway so he's always been an obviously amazing artist that um you think yeah, you know, deserves to go down in, in the books as one of the greats. Um, and then Banksy is, without a doubt, my biggest inspiration and, and everything that, that he does, or shall I say they do. And what I think the interesting thing about a group show is I wouldn't even just what... I wouldn't even want to know who Banksy was. I just want to know he was there. So if you was doing a group show and you had the opening and it Turner walks in... And then a three hundred people walk in and they go, "This is Banksy." They go, "That's cool. That's fine. I will take that." <laughs> yeah, you know, all right. You like Banksy? That's brilliant. Do you know what? Another artist that um, I'm always fascinated by is Tracy Emin. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. I think she's really cool, and I've not, I've only kind of bumped into her once or twice, but never really to have a conversation. Um, there's always been other people that are kind of trying to get stuff signed and all that sort of stuff, and uh, I think I think she she's potential to be like a true pillar of well she already is isn't she I mean she's so well yeah. known but I think legacy going forwards fast forward a hundred years and she will be one of those artists that's like yeah Tracy I mean definitely. It'd be same same with Banksy. Um, well, she got me back into art again after I hadn't made any art. Yeah, I remember you saying. Bumped into her at a museum. Um, she was giving a talk. She came over to say hello. Or like our eyes met. Oh, it wasn't romantic, but you know, we saw each other through the crowd. We know each other. Um, she came over to see where I've been for the last few years because she hadn't seen or heard of me. I told her about how I'd sort of given up art because I didn't have the money and, you know, we just had a baby and blah, blah, blah. And uh, pushed me to... Oh, not pushed me, just give me a kick up the arse and made me remember just how important art was to me. Oh, I love that. And, yeah, so I owe her 
a fair older man. Yeah, she's fucking brilliant. I love it. It's brilliant, and I don't know her. I don't know her at all. And to hear that that she's been decent like that with you, it's just brilliant. I love that. Um, and do you know what? I would. This guy sound really daft. I'd take a couple of my mates. I'd, I, Why not? I, DS. DS is um, who I've just done a collaboration with. He. Um, I mean, he's just, he's a fantastic artist and I couldn't, I don't think I could do what he does. I've never particularly tried, but he's he's amazing, amazing, skillful artist and he would just make something awesome. But also, he would just make the night awesome. He would bring the party, you know, he would be the... He's a character, Yeah, he's a great he? character. He's brilliant on the night out. So if, on, the, on the opening night, he'd be awesome. And then one of my other, one of my good friends as well, who also works with me on the art fair, Will Claridge. He's a younger artist, and he did he did a. Um, he's only twenty five, bless him, and he's just kind of he's just finding his feet in the art world. But he's doing his his art is really good, and he's kind of one of these multidisciplinary artists. He'd have three three you know absolute bangers that would just bring something completely different, and then. We'll just have a good old drink. <laughs> <laughs> make, a, make a night of it. Yeah, I think it'd be brilliant. What do you reckon you'd do if you wasn't an artist, Roy? Um, I don't know, really. Um, I would probably be more in the business side of like the world, if you like. But only just yeah. in a sense of... I think I'm quite entrepreneurial and and driven to create something. It might not always be like creating artwork, but create something like I've created the art fair. Um, I also run a Banksy website. I, I started it with my dad. Um, I, I, I think I get this whole sort of thing from my dad. Um, he's very entrepreneurial as well. I'm interested in making something that will obviously ultimately earn money. Everyone needs to earn money to obviously make a living and have a house and all that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where I would be if I wasn't in the art industry. Um, but I think it would certainly be something like it'd be something where I would be making for myself. You know, I've always always wanted yeah. to to have my own uh, business, be my own boss. That's what I've got out of the art industry. Um, in in yeah. sort of first becoming an artist, then an organizer, um, and then essentially a, an artwork dealer, um, and all those little little bits are kind of just me, my entrepreneurial side coming out more than because mm. it's allowed me to. So it's an industry I love, and um, dealing in artwork and with people that I love. So I kind of just found my feet in in this world to explore it, but so yeah, I guess it, you know, maybe maybe get a pub. That'd be cool. Maybe like a pub. <laughs> we we opened up a um, an online art gallery as well, Roy's Art Gallery for the yeah. the artists. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could. Oh, I'm I'm trying to build Roy's as as the brand. Um, yeah. I was and kind of inspired by Monica Art Fair in that respect. Uh, in terms of an art fair, it's just next level. Like the, 
the curation yeah. and the stuff they put on is just out of this world. Um, so I was kind of thinking, Monica, you know, and I, obviously I always had Roy's people. Um, so I was, and then Roy's Art Fair, Roy's Art Gallery. I don't know, who, who knows? <laughs> well, just for summary, because that's all my questions asked, um, let us know about the artists' applications and when Roy's Art Fair is this year. Um, so Roy's Art Fair is uh, from 8th to 11th of October at the Boiler House, uh, Truman Brewery, Bit- Brit Lane. Yeah. That is our venue for the next next event, which is uh, the biggest biggest venue we've we've actually taken for for one of our art fairs. Um, it's during freeze week, so um, just like last year, we expect it to be um, expect it to be busy. Uh, if any artists are interested in applying, um, you can just head over to roysartfair.com. You'll see the apply tab, um, and then all the options for you. We've got the next two events listed on there so you can apply for October or March next year um, and yeah you can just you can just put in your application select any size space that you that you want to go for and then we'll take a look well Roy that's all my questions asked good stuff Gary thank you for your time no, thank you this has gone on for like an hour and a half I've taken up way too much of your time yeah, I, it doesn't normally go on Does that it? Well, you can just edit half no, it out. The first half got taken up with just talking stuff. Yeah, didn't yeah. you know. I'm, I mean, I've I've never forgot the question or never not got round to asking the questions oh, before, no and I didn't even notice till near the oh. end. So it's it's testament to a to a good chat is all I can say. There we go, Roy's people, and as he said there, applications for artists to sign up to Roy's art fair are open now and will be for the next few weeks. So let's just hope that by October there's some sort of mobility in amongst the art world and we can all get back into to seeing artwork face to face. And talking of seeing artwork face to face, I should just take this opportunity to mention that I've got a couple of prints for sale at the moment, with it being Pride Month and all. I've only ever made two coloured prints of my tally drawings. They are both a section of the same piece of barbed wire coloured like a rainbow. The first, which is called The Struggle of Roy G. Biv, is a section of barbed wire that looks like it's almost fighting to get away from the the mundane grey of normality. The other is the same image but vertical and this 90 degree adjustment gives the illusion that the barb is no longer struggling but dancing and rejoicing and that one is called The Celebration of Roy G. Biv. Both are 50 by 50 centimetres in an addition of 150 and they are 150 pounds and all are being sold as part of the artist support pledge where 20% of every thousand pounds sold will go straight back to support another artist. You can either contact the Ministry of Arts Instagram page which is Ministry of Arts Org or contact me directly on Instagram which is Mizogart, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. And if you quote podcast, there will be a further 20% discount, taking the total price down to £130, which includes free post and packaging. But like I say every week, no matter where you listen to this podcast, you should have the opportunity to be able to leave a comment. If you could, that would really help us and anyone else who's looking for an art podcast. 
But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta-da.